0: We are in the fifth and final week of a series looking at the simple fact that life is complicated. Life is complicated. Like all the great sages of history, Jesus of Nazareth cuts through the complexity with simple but profound wisdom. But unlike all the other great sages of history, he alone claimed to be God. And if his claims are true... His wisdom has eternal consequences and bring lasting rewards. He offers us wisdom that is simple and easy to understand but not at all easy to apply. It's not easy because it challenges us. It challenges us to grow spiritually and even emotionally. His wisdom and insight into human nature challenges us to change from the inside out. In that sense, His challenge is a challenge. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. (laughs) In that sense, his challenge is a challenge to our character. So his teachings are not easy at first, but over time, they will become easier. And set us up for more successful living. In this series, we've talked about the issue of addressing the person who wronged us, one-on-one addressing the person who wronged us, rather than talking to everybody else about the person who wronged us. And while difficult to do, it's much easier than living with all the drama and trauma that ultimately comes from gossip and dysfunction. We took a week to look at the issue of forgiveness. We cleared up any misunderstanding about forgiveness by looking at a parable from the Gospel called the Parable of the Unforgiving Servant. And in that story we learned forgiveness is simply canceling a debt. Forgiveness is simply canceling a debt. Forgiveness doesn't say that what others did was right or okay or didn't matter. It isn't even necessarily about reestablishing the relationship. That might be impossible or unwise. Forgiveness simply cancels a debt so that we can live in freedom. While forgiveness can be challenging, it's certainly far easier than carrying around the baggage of bitterness and bad feelings that flow from unforgiveness. In this series, we looked at the issue of envy. We said jealousy It's simply wanting something someone else has. It's inevitable. It's commonplace. And it's not very serious if we hold it in check. Envy is different. Envy is different, and it's darker. Envy not only wants what you have, (coughs) it doesn't want you to have it. Envy is often masked with a cover argument of fairness, as in, it's not fair. But really, it's not about fair. It's never about fair. It's about being upset that others have what we don't. And the solution to envy is simple. Rather than focusing on God's generosity toward others, we look at his generosity toward us and praise and thank him for his goodness to us. Last week, we reflected together on the ultimate key to making our lives simpler and easier. That's what we called it, the ultimate key to making our our lives simpler and easier. And it's all about changing our minds, changing our minds to surrender our will to God's will. Instead of placing our wants and our will at the center of our lives, we strive to put God there instead, God's will in place of our will. And of course, that begins in prayer. So, last week, to great fanfare, we also introduced our new prayer kiosk. If you want to know more about our prayer kiosk or give it a try, talk to one of our host ministers after Mass. As we wrap up this series, a reminder that if you missed any or all of this series, you can catch up anytime on demand online. On demand is also a great way to share a message with someone you know who needs to hear this message. Today we're going to look at simple wisdom from Scripture, as it regards encouragement for one of the most common experiences of all. You know, as human beings, we have been given, to greater or lesser degrees, an incredible ability to imagine the future and future events. This capacity to think about the future can be a great advantage when we're filled with hope and are able to envision a better, greater way forward. When we look with hope to the future, that's vision. Vision of what could be and should be, but doesn't yet exist. God has given us this ability so that we can partner with Him, in a sense, co-create with Him, taking positive steps into the future. Your vision for the future might be, to really take advantage of your time in high school, or to find a college where you can grow in knowledge and knowledge of the Lord. Maybe your vision is to find a God-honoring spouse, to have a beautiful marriage, healthy kids and grandkids. (coughs) Maybe your vision for the future is to build a business that honors God, or to find a ministry here at church that serves others. For this parish, our vision is to make church matter by making disciples of disconnected Catholics in North Baltimore and influencing parishes to do the same elsewhere. We all have hopes for the future in our hearts. And When life is going well, when we're successful, when the world is as it should be, we live in light of that vision. The flip side of vision is worry. And allow me to clarify for purposes of this message. We're positing a distinction between worry and anxiety. Anxiety, which is often focused on the present moment, is a very serious condition deserving serious attention, sometimes treatment. We do not intend to diminish its serious nature. Worry, as we're discussing it this morning, isn't necessarily a disorder. More often, it's a commonplace attitude or feeling. adopted toward the future. While a vision looks with hope to the future, worry looks to the future with doubt, with dread, even despair. Instead of imagining a more positive future, it imagines a negative one. So worry condemns us to fear the future. Or think about it this way. Hope is a virtue that gives us confidence in the future And with that confidence, we more successfully move into the future. Worry is a vice that robs us of confidence in the future. And in that lack of confidence, we less successfully move to the future. So it's actually less than useless. It's debilitating. (coughs) The etymology of the word worry comes from an old English word which means to choke or strangle. (laughs) I guess I'm worried. (laughs) Let me be clear. God doesn't promise us a trouble-free life. In fact, Jesus tells us to expect trouble. God doesn't promise a trouble-free life, but he does promise that in the end, all things work together for the good of those who love him. Whenever we allow worry to rule our lives, we're forgetting that promise. If, on the other hand, you'll put into practice Jesus' simple wisdom as related to us by the Apostle Paul in today's second reading, God will not only help you defeat worry, but use it for good in your life. We're looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians, which Paul wrote from prison in Rome. He was in prison for being a Christ follower. So while Paul addresses the issue of worry, He doesn't address it from a beach or a spa. In a Roman prison, Paul had plenty of reason to worry. But instead, he writes this, Have no worry at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Paul doesn't say, don't worry, because he knows you will. He says, don't hold on to it. Don't have it and hold it like a possession. Instead, when you find yourself worrying or tempted to worry, Turn it into prayer. Use it as an opportunity to pray. If we really put that into practice, some of us could be world-class prayers. Paul says, turn everything to prayer. Every concern that haunts us, financial insecurity, health concerns, family drama, every issue that distracts us, the national debt, international conflict, alien space invasion, everything. Turn it into prayer. But Paul doesn't just say, pray about it, as a pious cliche. He tells us specifically how. How to pray about everything that worries us. First he says, pray by petition. Pray by petition. You know, when we worry, we forget about God. We're making our problems and challenges bigger than God. Prayer petition reverses that. What is prayer of petition? Well, it's a slowing down, it's a stopping, and it's a turning back to God through prayer. That's why we begin Mass with prayer of petition. The very first prayer of the Mass, before any other prayers, is a prayer of petition Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. It's a turning back to God that recognizes God is greater, He's greater than our sin. He's greater than our problems. He's greater than our concerns. He's greater than our worries. And you know what? He's greater than us. Next, he says, pray with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. Did you ever have the experience of someone asking you for something, and they haven't even thanked you for the last thing that you gave them? It doesn't feel very good, does it? Thanksgiving thanks God for all his gifts that he's already given us. Thank God that he he hears you. Thank God for what he's done for you. Thank God in advance for what he can do for you. Then, and only then, make your request. Effective prayer that helps you conquer worry doesn't begin with your request. It begins with an acknowledgement of God's greatness. It moves into prayer of thanksgiving. And only then does it pause to tell God exactly how He can help with your worry. And the result? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. All of prayer is ultimately an exchange. We give God what we have, time, attention, money, and He gives us something greater. In this case, we give God our worries, and He gives us His peace. He gives us a peace that Paul describes as surpassing all understanding. What's that? Well, in this world, peace is circumstantial. It comes from circumstances. But God's peace is different. It transcends circumstances. And notice Scripture says that the peace of God will guard your heart. Turn worry into an opportunity for prayer often enough God's peace will more and more guard your heart from even the very experience of worry. You know, habitual worry happens because we've created negative pathways for our thoughts about the future. Consistent prayer, on the other hand, creates positive pathways for our thoughts. Thus Paul counsels, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Wow. Even beyond the exercise of prayer, it can be extremely healthy to cultivate the discipline of focusing on the good, the true, the beautiful, as the objects, the proper objects of our thoughts. And so Paul concludes, keep on doing what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, then the peace of God will be with you. Paul had an extremely challenging life, and yet he lived his life free of worry, confident in what God was doing in him and through him. That confidence, in turn, led him to become one of the most influential figures in the whole history of Christendom. The spread of the of Christianity happened largely because Paul had a vision of what God could do through him, and he co-created that future with God. (coughs) You know, at the end of the day, handling our worry is not just about us. It's about all the people around us. When you're worried, it affects your friends, your co-workers, your family, your kids for sure, the people you love most. You will either bring worry into the circle of your relationships or you can bring the peace of God that is beyond all understanding. So what's got you worried today, this morning? It might be something big. It might be something big for you. This week, practice the simple advice of Scripture. Turn your experience of worry into an opportunity for prayer. Every time you find yourself worried, acknowledge God's greatness thank him for his past goodness and then tell him talk to him about what you're worried about if you'd like a little help a little encouragement you can sign up for our daily devotional it's called daily practice you can do that by texting prayer to 88877 that's prayer to 88877 or you can sign up on our website each day you'll receive as our gift a scripture reflection that you can read or a video that you can watch to help remind you to pray about your problems instead of just worrying about them. Elsewhere in scripture, we read this remarkable promise. I know well the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future full of hope, a future full of hope. God is the author of your future. Don't let worry steal that future. Thanks for watching. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single video. You can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples by sharing this video. We're grateful you're part of this community.